You're about to enter the most electrifying NFL talk show you have ever experienced. From up-to-the-minute news and notes to... Uh, who am I kidding? It's a wrap. Let's try this again. It's the After Further Review Podcast with Connor Forrest. Want to get involved? Send us an email to mailbag at connorforrest.com. For your questions to be read on air. Sean, tonight was one of those weird nights. I, I don't. I'm sure you've had this before, where you get in the car, you're driving home. It sometimes happens in the middle of the day. I, I don't know if it's. In, I don't know what it is. Just the energy level is just a zero. Like, like I, I came in the door, and uh, Anna was like, "Are you okay? Is everything good?" No, I'm, I'm good. I, yeah, I'm totally good. There's, there's zero wrong. I'm just. I'm just gonna put it this way. If I were to lay just straight horizontally, I'd be asleep in 90 seconds. Like, I, I was so tired coming back from work. Did work. Went into Costco, picked up some dinner. Came back. And on the ride home, I literally pulled into sheets to grab a, a, a monster. Because I was just like, I, I, we're, pot, we're potting tonight. I mean, this is, after further review, the listeners don't deserve this nonsense from me. They don't. So your boy went in. Got one of those tanks of monster and just chug city. And I think we're feeling better. I think we are. I don't know. Is that something you've ever run into? I have. I, I don't do energy drinks, but yeah, I've felt extremely tired before for no particular reason. I really think it's a uh, diet can do it. Mm-hmm. If you eat the wrong type of food for too long, it, it just wears out your body, even though you haven't been doing anything that you would think would cause tiredness or you haven't been up late or whatever it may be. I noticed that when I eat crappy for a couple of days, that all what you, exactly how you described, I'll be tired like that. Yeah, you just you just feel like garbage, and you know, I yeah. mean, I don't know if it's may, maybe I have been eating crappy. I don't think I have been eating overly crappy. Nothing like out of the ordinary for me, especially due to my size. <laughs> but wacky, yeah, huh. one of those days. But here's here's the situation, Sean. It's playoff football. It's playoff time. It's championship weekend. So after further review, is back. And we got to come with the energy. It's just it's how it works. It's what we do for the listeners. That's what we do for our people. But Connor Forrest, after further review, returns. Sean Olette is with me virtually again. I, and we need to get you. We need to get you back in the studio again, Shawnee. And, and honestly, we it's half, it. it's it's half my fault too. I'm going to be totally honest with you. It's half my fault because a lot of times it'll be things will pop up. Um, we're like T minus. I think maybe two weeks away till baby. Like Anna's really, really close. Our due date is coming up. So it's been a little bit harder for me to like pin down a schedule, right? With like what I'm doing. So a lot of times I'll text you day of or night before of what we're going to do. Sometimes it's Wednesday night. Sometimes it's Thursday night. So I'm going to take that on me, but I got to get your ass back in the studio to where we're just shucking and jiving again. 
Um, and it's great you're back in the Northern Virginia area. But most importantly, of all the questions that we're going to answer today, there's one that has to be asked. And Shawnee, uh, how the hell are you? Doing well, man. Better after seeing that Chiefs Bills game. Dude, how good was? I mean, how good oh, was this? That was football at its best. I mean, it's a gift we don't deserve. It's what I said to everyone this weekend. Did you see the games? Hey, what'd you think? Hey, how'd you think? It's just, it was the same text to everybody. Football is a gift none of us deserve, and we just get, we just get better than anything the Bachelor could script, better than any nonsense garbage Netflix puts out. It's better than any whatever whatever TV show series you're binging right now. Nothing beats it. And I think the wildest part, I know Grant was talking about this on 106.7 this last week, and Danny was saying the same thing, was I don't know why it's, it's maybe this is just me being out of touch, but this is just my feeling. How do you not watch football? After this week, how do you, there were people, as the games are going on, that I'm just looking kind of out my window that are just driving. They're just driving on the. Why are you not watching this? Like, there are people in stores. Like people, in in fall, I get texts from people every fall, like in in September. Like, hey man, you want to go on a hike on Sunday? Like, no, <laughs> no, I don't want to go on a hike. Like, I like go hike over a ledge if you think that I'm going to do that instead of watch football. It's the gift that keeps on giving, baby. I just, it's we we don't deserve it. It's been so wonderful. And we're going to dive into everything. Um, everything divisional round. We're going to make our picks for Championship Sunday. It's kind of a, a strange thing. We've talked about this before, Shani. I, I, again, my depression level of football is leaving is starting to rise for sure. You know, you mm. have to enjoy the present moment, right? This is what I always say in life in general. Just, just live it a day at a time. You have to enjoy each moment you're given. You never know when your clock is up. None of us do. So you enjoy every single step of your life, no matter where you're at. And it's what it's, it's where I'm trying to get myself with football, knowing that we've got two weeks left. The problem is, is that as fun as the Super Bowl is, and really Super Bowl Sunday is one of my favorite days of the year, we've talked about this, Sean. The Super Bowl is not designed for football fans. It's just not. That's why the Super Bowl will never be in Green Bay. So the Super Bowl will never be in a garbage cold place. It's not designed for football fans. It's designed for celebrities. It's an event. It's designed for people from all over the place to just want to be and watch a football game in a comfortable spot. It's for the halftime show. It's for the ads. It's for the all-day big events. It's for the week leading up of NFL events. It's all that stuff. So that's why the Super Bowl will always be in L.A. and always be in Florida. It's always going to be in Arizona and Vegas. It's, you know, rarely you'll get the New York sprinkled in there, here and there. But, you know, if it's up in Minneapolis, it's indoors. It, it, it always has to be a comfortable thing because it's not meant for football fans. It's not. So part of it is kind of it's kind of tough because when you watch on, on Super Bowl Sunday, as fun as it is, part of it feels like, oh, look at all these normies hijacking my football day, right? It's usually meant for just football fans and – and now everybody under the sun is like all of a sudden Ellen is watching it and everyone's watching it. And you're just like, wait, wait, this this doesn't feel great. So I've always felt like in a sense, this is kind of the last football weekend of the year. Because this is championship games. You still got the four teams left. You still got the fan bases all up and going. And the stakes could not be higher. So the intensity is as high as it's ever been. But it's just, it, it, it does make me sad to think that we're, we're coming to an end when I feel like we were doing, you know, preview podcasts on the season like two weeks ago. 
It's just wild. I mean, this is if this is how fast the Earth is just going to spin, then I guess we'll all be in our grave sooner than later. But, man, listen, the good news is we still got some football left, so we're going to dive into everything. Um, Sean, did you want to get into some news, football news, before we get into reviewing the divisional round? We got, we got a couple yeah, of little bits and nuggets to jump into, don't we? Yeah, so we have some just transactions with coaches and GMs. Uh, Caroline Panthers are expected to hire. I don't know if they've executed it yet, um, but expected to hire Ben McAdoo as their offensive coordinator. Um, he was a former head coach and offensive coordinator for the Giants. Um, let's see, what else? Matt Eberfluss is the new Chicago Bears head coach. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Connor. Um, we've got Ryan Poles as the general manager. Uh, Denver Broncos have hired Nathan Hackett as, or Nathaniel, Nathan, Nathaniel, one of those two, as their new <laughs> head coach. And the Minnesota Vikings uh, have hired Kwesi Adolfo Massa as their new general manager. Um, he was previously the Cleveland Browns vice president of football operations. Uh, New York Giants' Joe Schoen is uh, going to be their new general manager. Uh, he'll succeed Dave Gettleman, uh, who was previously with the Bills uh, assigned general manager. And a bunch of, you know, the, the typical stuff, uh, Connor, with the, you know, requesting interviews. I think I saw sure. Vegas requested Josh McDaniels. I'm sure other teams have as well. Um, Get the it? Byron Leftwich and, and uh, for, for the Jaguars, all sorts of kind of yeah all, all that fun stuff um obviously connor now we have the saints that are going to need a coach uh, sean payton stepping down after i believe 16 years yeah uh he will no longer be the saints head coach uh i, I don't i don't think new orleans is the same without drew Brees, and it's certainly not going to be the same without sean payton yeah for sure and um yeah first of all uh take a bow for pronouncing all those names i mean i know that there was <laughs> i could hear it in your voice you were starting to shudder towards the end there of oh my god is this list continues can I just get a I Craig know. Anderson or something? Uh, but well <laughs> done to that. Yeah, uh, I think the news, obviously, I'm going to preface this by saying that we're going to get into all the hires and the coordinators and all of that good stuff. I, th I think after the Super Bowl is when we're going to dive into it. Um, we're going to get you the mm -hmm. news so you know it. But we'll get into this after the Super Bowl because I, you know, I think we could, I mean, the podcast go on for four or five hours because what we're interested in is the matchups this Sunday and you know, reviewing what happened last weekend, but the rest of the NFL continues to go on. And quite frankly, the podcast would be four hours long if we uh, if we just decided to cover every single thing at the time that it broke. But I do want to talk a little bit about the Sean Payton thing. I know a lot of people were shocked about Sean Payton stepping down. And I, I just wasn't one of them. Honestly, Sean, I, I wasn't. Uh, you knew that after Drew Brees left... This team would just have to be rebuilt. It just would, um, and, and it's going to have to. You know, you're, you're not getting by with Taysom Hill, and, and you can do the Jameis Winston trade all you want, but how much of a long-term option is that, really? Uh, Michael Thomas, that relationship seems frayed. Um, you you wonder if, you know, are you going to hold on to Alvin Kamara? Are you going to try to trade him in the offseason to try to get, get some sort of draft capital back? The reality is the Saints are projected $61 million over the cap. And do you think for, for two seconds that Sean Payton, after being there for 16 years, is going to be interested in, in completely restarting? I mean, realistically, it, it is restarting from, from just straight from day one again. 
Um, you got to find your quarterback. You got to coach him up. You have to develop him. It's going to take three, you know, two, three years at a minimum for the Saints to kind of get back to where they want to be. And, you know, why would Sean Payton want to do that? It's just, it's just not, he doesn't have that anymore. And it's funny, it, it kind of seemed like it was a comparison to, you know, a dad, right? A dad who is had kids and kids are grown up now and there's just eras in your life as a father that you have energy to do things, right? Oh, I have much more energy when my kids are younger to run around and do the amusement park and do all sorts of good stuff. But as you get older, you start to realize, you know what? I don't have the energy for the amusement park anymore. My kids are older. I've been doing this long enough. I would rather not get tossed around on a roller coaster because I'm just too tired to do this. That's just what it feels like with Sean Payton, right? It's just what it feels like. With Sean Payton, where I think he wants to go to a contender. I think he wants to go to a team that already have the pieces in place that he can step in and coach up. And I think that that's probably the best fit for him. I I really wasn't shocked to see him step down. But the Saints, their cap situation, their quarterback situation, uh, they got a lot of work to do. Um, And I guess they're going to be doing it with another man, so... Pretty wild to, to not see Sean Payton coaching the Saints, uh, Sean. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I'm just curious. What does stepping down mean? Does that mean taking a year off, taking two years off, or coaching somewhere else next year? I'll be honest. They should know the answer to their contract situation, whether his contract was up or not. I I think stepping down is just is just a, a cute word for resigning. I just don't want to do this anymore. Like I, I think that that's where okay. he's at, and I think he probably met with the GM. But I'm talking and just about said, future coaching. Are you- coaching the future. Yeah, I'm talking about co- like he's obvious uh, you're right. He's leaving the Saints because he doesn't he doesn't want to help rebuild a, an organization over the next, you know, 5 6 years, however long that takes. But does he, you know, do, is he going to go somewhere to start next year or is he just going to kind of sit on his couch for maybe a year or two and you could pull the and Mike then McCarthy. Gauge- yeah. yeah. Exactly. I was going to reference that. Yeah, pull Mike McCarthy. And wait till there's a decent organization that you feel you can, you know, kind of hit the ground running with and, and go there. That might be the smartest move. That might be the smartest move for him. And and honestly, I think if you're him, you, you might just want to do that. I think Mike McCarthy is a great example of a guy who was in Green Bay for the longest time and had to take a year off and see where the water settled. Because realistically, if you think about it, Sean, as an NFL head coach, there really isn't much time you have off in the calendar year and the reality is is that when you get to the Super Bowl by the time the Super Bowl is over you're you're already talking about the combine you're already talking about having to scout now draft picks trying to figure out hey what's the direction of the franchise what are our needs what do we what do we have to do and then you've got the free agency period I mean it really doesn't end so for Sean Payton if he's going to find somewhere and if a team is going to want his services they're going to want to close something within a month now do you feel like he can do that I don't know maybe um, I know that that door seems to be open by the way he's talking, but I think for him probably taking the year off and figuring out, okay, let's see where this settles. Let's see what team is on the precipice of being something and maybe next year. I mean, we, we talked about the Bears of this year. We knew. We knew from – I mean, we talked about it the, the, the second episode of this podcast. You know, we knew the Bears were getting rid of Matt Nagy. You know, we just wanted to see, hey, what are they going to do in the draft? Are they going to get a young quarterback that they feel like they can develop? Maybe Sean Payton takes that and says, okay, I'll just sit back, see what lame duck coach enters this year, and see what opportunity opens. Could be this year. Maybe not. 
Who knows? Honestly, who knows? If I'm him, I'm probably taking the year off. You've been there for 16 yeah. years. I think you've earned yourself a little bit of a vacation. And obviously making the adjustment from a place you've been for such a large portion of your life and been a legend there for a large portion of your of your career. Um, having some time to adjust and moving out and establishing a, a new life, I think that that definitely seems like you know, I, I think that that year gap seems like the best play there. All the chatter of Dallas, right? You feel like Dallas, he, he was at, on the Dallas coaching staff for a while. He's familiar with Jerry Jones. There's mutual interest, according to reports there. But with Mike McCarthy, is Mike McCarthy this year's, you know, you have to, I mean, Mike McCarthy's seat is hot this year, right? I mean, you can you can talk about it whatever way you want. There there was enough chatter at the end of the year and the way their season ended that made you feel like there was a possibility Mike McCarthy would have been booted out, you know, well, uh, you know, just right after that playoff loss to the 49ers. But is is Mike McCarthy that guy that he sits back this year and says, I'll take the year off. Cowboys will come back next year, disappoint. Mike McCarthy gets blown out and he can step in. Maybe. I don't know. That's a theory. And bookmark this because when I'm right, Oh, gosh, I want money. But <laughs> going to be interesting. We'll keep tabs on that. But Sean Payton set me down after 16 years. The other news, Shawnee, we definitely want to jump into is Big Ben officially retires. We, we, we've known this. We've known this is um, has been coming for quite some time. Um, you know, the chatterings at the beginning of the year and the offseason, this was Big Ben's last ride. And uh, definitely knew this was coming. But Ben Roethlisberger, without a doubt, uh, a future Hall of Famer. Um, it's officially uh, in the books. I mean, just a couple things about Ben Roethlisberger, just kind of by the numbers. Um, the winning seasons, I mean, 18 seasons in the NFL. Um, the, the the Steelers never had a losing record under him and four, uh, and only had four uh, seasons that were eight and eight, um, which is ridiculous. Um Seventy-seven percent of the seasons that were winning, uh, altogether, and, and twelve of them qualified for the playoffs. So in terms of just winning, he's been you know as good as it gets. He's one of twelve quarterbacks with at least two Super Bowl victories. One, um, the other one was Eli Manning and Jim Plunkett. Um, in terms of Super Bowl starting appearances, um, three of them for him. Only twelve quarterbacks. Um, and the other 11 are in the Hall of Fame uh, who have started in uh, three Super Bowls. Uh, passing yards, uh, just just uh, just over 64,000 in his career, fifth all-time. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, um, all in front of him. Uh, you, you know Tom Brady is, is a Hall of Famer. Uh, and uh, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, I mean, those, those, are, those are Hall of Famers. So, um, in terms of touchdown passes through 418, eighth of all uh, all time, and the other seven um, in front of them are either Hall of Famers or, or not yet eligible. You have to imagine, right? You, you've got the obviously the Drew Brees is up there as well, and Tom Brady currently still playing. So, I mean, fifth all time in, in, in completions and just, I mean, you just kind of go through the list. You don't have to go far on any of these lists uh, in, in this uh, statistical category to find Ben Roethlisberger there. Um, just a staple in Pittsburgh, uh, a league-wide staple. We talked about this at the end of the season. We weren't sure if they were going to be in the playoffs, but uh, it, it is, again, it's Sean Payton with New Orleans. Um, you go back, like Brett Favre with the Packers. 
uh, Eli Manning and the Giants, Philip Rivers and the Chargers. Like you just go back and you just these players are so synonymous with their teams, they're so synonymous with their hometowns, they're such a big factor in the league, and you just can't imagine a team showing up on Sunday without them, especially for people in our generation, Sean. Because uh, yeah, you know yeah. now we're at the point now where. People of our generation that we just grew up watching, like I said, the Philip Rivers, the Eli Mannings, the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's, the Ben Roethlisberger, like the Alex Smiths, all these guys who you're just so used to, to them being in the league are, are now uh, tailing off and, and heading into the next chapter of their lives. It's, it's, it's wild to look back on and realize how consistently good they've been. And Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, few of them better than him. So um, farewell to, to Ben in his next chapter of his life. You know you'll see him somewhere on TV. You, 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 you know, these guys, football's a drug to these guys. I mean, these guys are obsessed with the competition. They love the game. I mean, you don't play 18 years of football without just absolutely loving the game, and you know he's going to be back in some capacity. So we'll look forward to seeing what he makes of himself. But uh, officially, Ben Roethlisberger, his career in the books after 18 seasons. Shawnee, is that it for news and notes? That is it for news and notes. Uh, so we will get into the divisional round games. Let's do if it. You ready for that? Let's do it. Let's dive right, right let's in. Let's do it. All right. Everybody knows like the the general stories, but I want to get Connor's take on each game. First three games, Connor, all end with game winning field goals by the away team, and then obviously that that last game of the divisional round was that Bills Chiefs game. We'll get into that one last because that's a really. I think the game we're going to talk about yep. most, and I think most people have talked about. But let's start with the Bengals and the Titans. Number one seed, Connor. They, uh, yikes, they did not uh, even win a playoff game, the Titans, despite having Derrick Henry back. Uh, they lose on a game-winning field goal to the Cincinnati Bengals, 19-16. to Joe Burrow leading his team in only his second year to the AFC Championship. Yeah, and, and here's, uh, here's a little... Stat for you: Both number one seeds lost in the divisional round for just the third time since the wild card was instituted in 1978. The other times mm-hmm. were 2010, Patriots and Falcons; 2008, Titans and Giants. Titans are there again, and the Chargers and Cowboys in 1979. Uh, yeah, this one was, you know, Sean. There was something that didn't quite pass the flying had the eye test again with Tennessee. I mean, at, at no point this year that I feel like. Man, Tennessee are 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 absolute favorites. They they should be the one seed. Like you know, they earned their way into that. They were so well coached and they played really gritty football. But I think it was a tall task to think that a Titans team with Derrick Henry coming off of you know not having played in in multiple months, um, you know AJ Brown, you know who's very injury prone, and obviously Julio Jones is very injury prone, coming back and putting it all together and. At the end of the day, Ryan Tannehill is just not good enough. I mean, throwing three interceptions is just, you know, it's you know, on the first play of the game. It's just like you're setting such an awful tone where you're constantly having to play from behind. This game, for the most part, was kind of ugly, at least until the end when, obviously, the Bengals get that takeaway at the end and and rookie kicker puts it right through the uprights. I mean, how funny is it, Sean, that three games in the weekend – uh, Evan McPherson leading it off, end in, in walk-off field goals. I mean, just just absolutely wild. Um, but both defenses played really, really solid football. I mean, both defenses played really solid football. I mean, Joe Burrow was sacked, what was it? Was it nine times he was sacked? I mean, 
the the Titans defense was playing. They're almost you almost feel like there's the only way the Titans could have lost that game is if they just turned the ball over too much and their offense wasn't able to get going. That's exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened. I mean, the Bengals just stick around, man. Um, Joe Burrow, obviously, again, like I said, sacked nine times, tied for the most times in NFL history, lost 68 yards. 68 yards were lost on sacks alone, which is just it's just ridiculous. And now, again, if the Bengals want, want any hope of of a Super Bowl appearance, I mean, you just you can't have that happen again. You, you cannot have that happen again. Um, just remarkable. But I'd love to get your takeaway, Sean, on – I mean, obviously, for the Bengals, I mean, you're in a conference championship game. Joe Burrow is as fun, as as confident of a player. And, and it's funny because people call him cocky. People call, call him arrogant. His his style is, can frustrate people. It just, just doesn't bother me. I don't know why. It doesn't he, – he doesn't bother me, you know, the way that obviously Johnny Manziel did or the way that Baker Mayfield does, right? He, he just doesn't. He just has this genuine swagger to him. And, I mean, man, how, how good does it have to feel for Cincinnati? Well, that was, that was the thing I was going to say, Connor, is they hadn't won a playoff game in, I think, 31 years. And so it, it kind of seemed like the goal for the Bengals was get win a playoff game. All right, you make it to the divisional round. Unfortunately, you have to play the number one seed. You're probably not going to win. You're on the road. You have a second-year quarterback, you know, a young team. Come back next year. You'll have the experience. You'll have that 31-year kind of uh, uh, curse gone. It's no longer hovering over you. But here they are, Connor. They're going to the AFC Championship against, in my opinion, a team that's probably kind of worn out. And and we'll get into that a little bit. but yeah, I mean, I I just there's no point at the beginning of the season or even halfway through the season that I that I honestly thought the Cincinnati Bengals were going to the no. AFC Championship with a, with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Um, obviously, Kansas City playing in Arrowhead is going to be a tall task. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm fired up for the Bengals, and I, I think the Titans will be decent um, for for years to come. Um, I certainly wouldn't dismiss them, but I, I do see it as a disappointing year. Obviously, you can't help injuries. You can't uh, you, you can't rush your running back back. Um, you know what? Do you have twenty carries for sixty yards or something? Yeah. It's just I, that's exactly how we thought it was going to go. Yeah. Connor, I, th- I think you and I talked about it. Yeah. And, and yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think I think the funny thing is is like again with Cincinnati, you've, you've got a team akin to Cincinnati on the NFC side, and that's San Francisco, but. You know, offensively, Joe Burrow, 350. Uh, Jamar Chase, 109 yards receiving. Um, Joe Mixon w- was doing it on the ground. I, I just on the other side, your, your high-paid quarterback melted. He just did. Three three interceptions. Three one interceptions. Yep. on the first play of the game. The second mm-hmm. on the first play of the second half. And then the third was the last, you know, play of their offensive season. Uh, you, you know, you just can't have that. And I, I, I do think – I, I will say I, I do think that Mike Vrabel had a couple questionable decisions here. You know, passing up. I can't remember exactly when it was. Uh, I, I, I want to say it was midway through the fourth quarter. Uh, I, I think it was, yeah, about midway through the fourth quarter, the Titans had, I think they had like a 52-yard kick or 51-yard kick that was on their you know doorstep and they could have taken that and they decided to go for it on a fourth and one and instead of running a QB sneak which you know 
I, you know, with a, with a long quarterback like Ryan Tannehill, which is, you know, QB sneaks are, are impossible to stop. I mean, unless unless a quarterback straight out misruns it or just trips over himself, quarterback sneaks are, are, are impossible to stop. Um, right. It's just a shoving match. And, and you decide to do the long-winded handoff to Derrick Henry who gets blown up in the backfield. And it's just in, in a mm-hmm. day that he wasn't able to really do anything. So, you know, people can can kill Mike Vrabel for that. And, and he deserves a lot of criticism. But the reality is, man, when it's a three-point game, and we say this about Dallas, we say this about team, you know, we say it about any any game this weekend that came down to the wire. I mean, any time a game is, is won on a field goal within three points or one at the last second, there, there was about 25 things that happened before the final play to decide the outcome of this game. Um, and I feel like that right. was a really, really big one. I mean, it's just every point matters when you're in the playoffs. I mean, every single point matters. You see teams that get overly conservative, a.k.a. the Rams, who almost, you know, yacked all over themselves um, on Sunday. And then you see teams that just get too aggressive. And needlessly, it's kind of trendy to just go for it on fourth down instead of, you know, and people will just throw out, um, you know, they'll just throw out, oh, the percentage, oh, the uh, – the statistics will lean towards. It's just like, dude, it's the playoffs. You know, take your chances. Lo- lose on a field goal if you can give yourself a better chance. But um, they just didn't. And Ryan Tannehill melted at a time that uh, they absolutely couldn't afford him to do. And and that's really kind of what what makes the Titans a one and done team, which uh, is a bummer for for Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how the Bengals do. We'll talk about that a little bit later. I'm actually going to skip ahead to that Rams and Bucks game. You just okay. mentioned it, <laughs> Connor. This was almost, almost one of the classic just chapters in the book of Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, been. almost got the, got the comeback. Um, oh, so disappointing for the Bucks. Obviously they, they looked awful. Uh, throughout really the first three and a half quarters. Rams, though, I mean, their offense was cruising, absolutely cruising at the beginning of the game. They ended up winning at 30-27 to 27, uh, on a game-winning field goal. Uh, Cooper Cup had an amazing game. Uh, Stafford looked sharp. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. looked good. And, uh, and so let's first talk about the game, and then there's some other news with the Buccaneers about potentially Tom Brady retiring. We'll get into that after... Uh, I want to hear your opinion on the game. Yeah, I mean, it, it, honestly, man, I, I, I've i been cheering for the Bucks. It's so hard to play. I mean, look, it's really difficult to repeat a Super Bowl. I mean, honestly, it, it, it is as hard, I think, as any sport to repeat a championship game. I think you can do it easier in basketball. Hockey might be up there. I mean, winning a Stanley Cup is an absolute trudge. I mean, it is so difficult to win a Stanley Cup. Um, the World Series is, is difficult, but I really, I really would have a hard time thinking m- maybe a Stanley Cup. But I, I still think re- I, no. I'm actually just going to stick with it. I think repeating a Super Bowl is the hardest thing that you can do in professional sports. I, I really do, and it's simply because mm-hmm. after a season is over, what are the odds you keep your coordinators right? You, you keep your star players. You keep guys that are coming off of contracts. Everyone wants to swoop in. And steal that offensive coordinator and that head coach and that starting receiver and that guy who played well on defense whose contract is up. And the Bucks were able to bring it all back. And 
obviously exactly what my fear was for the Bucks came true in the first half of this game. It really did. The offensive line was 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 getting completely thrashed around. Um, Tom Brady was. I mean, what can you do when you've got guys like Aaron Donald, who, in my opinion, is just the best player in the league, hands down the best player in the league, um, who's just single handedly just just disrupting everything you're trying to do. Um, you're without Antonio Brown. You're without Chris Godwin, and it's basically you. Rob, you know, Rob Gronkowski, um, it's Mike Evans, and then it's Scotty Miller. And you're like, there is a drop-off there. And Scotty Miller made some unbelievably clutch catches in this game, especially down to the wire. But you felt like this was not quite the team that they walked into the season with. And obviously, losing your two-star receivers there just hurts so much. But this game felt like it just deserved an overtime so badly. I mean, it was such... Mm -hmm. I don't know why, and I don't cheer against the Rams in, in any capacity. But this game felt like, dang it, dude, I wanted this to go to overtime so bad because it just deserved an overtime. And, of course, a, a secondary debacle at the end of the game um, with, you know, currently the best receiver, you know, in, in, in the league with Cooper Cup. Of course, that's the thing that ends it. You feel so good yeah. for Matt Stafford. You feel so good for him for all the years that he put in in Detroit for, for nothing. Uh, he's finally getting his dues going to an NFC Championship game. But, you know, it, it, dude, this game was so wacky in every capacity because it was the best of the Rams. It was the worst of the Rams. It was the best of Sean McVay as a coach and the absolute worst of Sean McVay as a coach. I mean, really and truly, they were about an inch away from I, – I, I think this would be another feather in the Brady hat, and I think the conversation would have been about Brady the whole time because it's the comeback, it's the Falcons' comeback, it's, it's all this. I think if the – I think that would have been – an, uh, like an Atlanta Falcons level devastating loss for the Chargers organization or the, the excuse me the Rams organization. I, I really do think when the when the Falcons choked away that lead in the Super Bowl and lose to Brady, that 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 franchise has not recovered. Like I, I know people laugh about it. it. It is a fact. It's like it is just a straight fact. The Falcons have not recovered. I genuinely think it would have been to that degree devastating for the Rams. I mean, a team that is yeah. so clearly invested in every single aspect of this season. It's Von Miller, it's Odell Beckham, it's going to get Matt Stafford. It's, you know, it's all of these things that they have invested so heavily into just this season. Not two seasons from now, not three seasons from now. It's this season and I don't even think next season. I think it's just all in on this season. And if they were to choke that away, I think that would have just been the most crippling thing of all time. Um, this game deserved an overtime. It was the tale of two halves. It was a tale of Brady making adjustments. It was obviously the Rams. They just, I mean, dude, they could not stop yakking on themselves in the second half. I mean, I, I could not believe what I was watching in the second half of this Rams game. I want to pull up. I want to see if I can find the tweet that gave the last uh, few drives for the Rams. Um, gosh, where is it here? It's, got, it's here somewhere. Oh, here we go. The Rams' final seven drives. This this is ridiculous. This is via NFL stats on Twitter. Fumble, punt, fumble. Missed field goal, punt, <laughs> fumble, and then the game-winning field goal. That was their last seven drives on offense. And it was single-handedly because – and Sean McVay has done this a lot. This is really one of his his genuine weaknesses. It's the being conservative. 
it's changing your play style. It's on third down when you need a first down to really start, you know, milking the clock. Throw the ball. Like, they can't stop Cooper Cup. No one's stopping Cooper Cup right now. Like, throw the ball. You've got Odell Beckham. Push the ball downfield. Like, do some play action. You give it to Cam Akers and he fumbles the ball. It's just like the, one of the most just unbelievable meltdowns I've ever seen. Uh, I think obviously disappointing for the Buccaneers, right? I think it's a crushing loss of the Buccaneers who, you know, I think when you look back on it, you feel like, okay, this team was definitely injured and they were missing some star players. So it makes sense. But, you know, for the Rams, they 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 should feel good. I mean, the Rams still at their best are one of the best teams in football. I think a top two team, honestly, with the Chiefs. But... God, how close that was, Sean, to being mm-hmm. an unparalleled and unmitigated disaster for the Rams. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you. I was sitting there watching with my family going, this could be one of one of the – like a franchise-altering game, honestly. And and that's not yeah. understating it. That's just what, what it could have been. But wild. I mean, what did you take away from this? Oh, I don't know. My mind is uh, is now focused on the potential retirement. Uh, as you know, I'm a big Tom Brady fan. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It would have been just devastating. Yeah. Just absolutely devastating. Because in, in, in reality, the Rams should have won that game 42-10. to 10 Yeah. If they just kept on doing what – I mean, they were unst- like, legitimately unstoppable yeah. when, they, when they first uh, got out on the field. But obviously, Connor, the second question that comes up, it's about Tom Brady. Uh, there was probably a day or two before the game started to leak news reports that he had told people inside the franchise that he was not going to be committed uh, to coming back. So that obviously led to the speculation that we're, we're used to seeing uh, that he's going to retire, that he's walking away from football. Um, he, I think he put out a statement day or two after the game basically saying right now he wants to focus on his teammates and you know congratulating them on such a great season and playing so well I have a bad feeling as a Tom Brady fan I think that was it um I I think if they went there and they got absolutely blown out that he may potentially come back um but the fact that he kind of you know fought until the very end you know, I don't know. To me, it seems like that that's it for Tom Brady. I think he probably retires um, coming up in the next you know couple weeks or so. He'll make it official. Hopefully, I'm really, really hoping I'm wrong, Connor. Yeah. Uh, but we will see. What What do you think? Do you think it's over for him or do yeah. you think he comes back? I'm going to put your mind to rest. Uh, Tom Brady's not retiring. Like, he's not retiring okay. in any capacity. I, I heard this story and I was I was laughing at it because, of course, he's going to say what he said. Of course he is. Why would he not? Like, everyone was like, is Tom Brady retiring? No, of course he's not retiring. <laughs> no, he's not. But why on earth would he not say what he said? But the reality is, if he were to come in and say, yep, I'm back next year, what's putting any sort of pressure on the Bucks to, to get it together? Look what Sean Payton did in New Orleans. He said, there is no capacity in which this team is going to be a contender next year. I'm out. Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> right after his game, right after the loss, he goes, I'm not going to be here for he a rebuild. He gave Green Bay the finger, yeah. He just said, dude, if you're going to do this rebuild, and it sounds like the Brian Gutekunst, that, that relationship has definitely, apparently corner reports is, is, is almost 100% fixed. Like, they get along great now. But, of course, he's going to go, hey, if, if we're not going to be competitive next year, I'm out of here. Th- that yeah. is Tom Brady's way of saying, 
hey, dudes, um, I'm not just going to sit here and, you know, show up here and, and I'm not going to be the guy you count on. I'm clearly the most important player, maybe in the league, but obviously on this team. So if I'm just yeah. going to sit here and say, yeah, I'm coming back. Absolutely. I'm coming back. We're going to do this again. Like, no, he needs to be assured by the Buccaneers. Hey, dude, we're going to draft, have a great draft class. We're going to get these contracts figured out. We're going to open up some cap space. We're going to bring in some free agents. Like th that is the pressure that that is the game that these guys have to play. The other thing is, like I said, and I'm going to repeat what I said earlier about Ben Roethlisberger. This game is a drug to these dudes, honestly. I mean, do you think Tom Brady, after losing like that in Tampa Bay, that would be the thing that snapped the straw that breaks the camel's back? No, no. Th this guy knows know. very clearly what he's doing. This guy wants to play till he's fifty. Will he? I don't know. But that's his goal. Like that's his. This guy wants to shatter every record in the books. He doesn't want to be there for a rebuild. He doesn't want to be there for a cap situation where he's throwing to random guys. That was 2006, 2007, 2011 Tom Brady, right? That's not 2022 Tom Brady. And he knows that. So this is a leverage play for him. Of course he's going to go to the team and say, hey, just so you know, I'm going to I'm gonna tell my buddy over here at NBC Sports I might retire. Because why wouldn't you? Because now that puts the pressure on the Bucks to say, all right, let's come to the table with as good of a team as we've had. Let's try to keep the band together. Let's try to add some more weapons. Let's try to add some more tools to the offensive line and bring in another receiver and replace Antonio Brown and get back at it again. He's going to be back in 2022. There's no doubt in my mind. Like, I, I at no uh, point reading that. I don't know. There's no doubt That's in my confident. mind. I, I, I really hope you're right. I really do. Here's my question, because you, you know contracts better than I do. They renegotiated it somehow at the beginning of the season. Because when he originally signed in 2020 to play for the Bucks, he signed a two-year contract. Mm -hmm. They did something. So... Is he coming back to the Bucks if he plays again? Like, does he have that contract mm -hmm. availability? Yes. Or is he going to be a free agent? Nope. He's under contract this year. Now, a lot of times when they'll okay. when they'll restructure, they'll just basically take guaranteed money and turn that into incentives. Basically saying, I'm going to take this gotcha. money out of our guarantee so that our cap we can loosen up some cap space, and I'll give it to you in incentives. Incentive-based structure does not go up against your cap. Now, the other thing is like the incentive base is a, a lot riskier. Younger players don't tend to do this at all. This is a veteran thing that people say this is, this is kind of their quote-unquote veteran discount it's by taking this because it's riskier, right? You blow out your ACL, and now all of a sudden those incentives you're not hitting. You know, So it's obviously incumbent that you play well. But, yeah, those kind of conversions, that, that doesn't matter. This, this guy, if he's, he's coming back, he's, he's under contract. So, um, okay. That, okay. yeah, so that's that. Because I, I saw an article earlier this week saying that he may come back, but he may go to the 49ers. I, this was <laughs> no. some random – not random, dude, but it was like CBS Sports or yeah. some opinion piece um, because I guess basically he said you get rid of Jimmy G, but you still want Trey Lance to have – somebody to look up to and someone to teach him. So bring Tom Brady to his like childhood dream team, uh, the Niners. I don't know. That, you that think Tom like Brady's interested in doing that right now? Probably not, but that's just some, what some weirdo like. Yeah. Said yeah. Some dude, that's totally stuff. cool. There's a lot of weirdos online. Oh, plenty of weirdos. Yeah. And by the way, you don't have to go far <laughs> at all. Yeah. Tom Brady comes back yeah. this year. There's no doubt in my mind. You think so? Okay. No I'm, I'm holding that to you. I'm, I'm, 
I'm leaning towards retirement, but we will see. I'm, I'm really hoping you're right. All right, Connor, let's get to, speaking of the 49ers, let's get to the 49ers game. Uh, they played the Packers in Green Bay, which, in my opinion, for the last probably five to seven years is probably the hardest place to play. I don't know if you agree with that, but I, I certainly yeah. think that, um, especially with Aaron Rodgers being healthy. All right, Connor, watching this game, the first drive, it seemed like it was just going to be a Green Bay blowout. Yeah. I mean, they had no ability, the 49ers, to stop the Packers. They marched just with ease right down the field, got a touchdown. And then they get three more points throughout the game and lose the game 13-10. to Just, I mean, what the heck happened? It's, it's Honestly, Sean, I don't know what happened. Like I don't, I don't know what happened. I, I have no idea. Like I, I could sit here and break, break it down all, all you want. I mean, it seemed like weather was absolutely a factor, right? You're not pushing the ball downfield the way they probably wanted to. It's, it's completely frozen. You've got snow. The ground is hard. You guys aren't getting great grip. You see dudes changing their, uh, you know, their studs on their cleats and uh, trying to get more grip on the ground. So, really, the 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 big problem. When it comes to these weather games, like we talk about with the Bills and the Patriots. And again, there's there's no one that should be more equipped for this than the Packers. But the problem with these weather games is that it becomes, okay, now who can just run the ball well enough? Like who can, you know, who can defend just better? And the reality is this is, unfortunately, this game was the exact, I mean, this is what they will put high school coaches, Pop Warner coaches you know, D3 coaches in college, whatever level of football you're at. This kind of game is a poster. You pin right up on the locker room right before a game. And you look at your guys and say, football is a three-dimensional sport. Defense, offense, special teams. And it is remarkable to me that while Aaron Rodgers didn't throw a touchdown in this game and the offense was was not at all what it should have been, can you imagine after – you know, earning the, the, the one seed in the NFC and getting that, you know, first round by and, and, you know, the, the entire NFC playoff picture going through green Bay. It's your special teams that loses you a football game. It's your special teams that, that mm-hmm. rips any sort of super bowl chances away from you. I mean, they're they're uh, The Packers have been one of the worst special teams teams in, in recent years. Uh, you got a blocked field goal. You've got a blocked punt for a touchdown. Uh, it, it, it just – there's no excuse. I mean, there's no excuse. And, and the 49ers offense, what, what they weren't doing anything. We talk about Jimmy they G. They, they were awful. I mean, if I see one more – if I see one more waterhead on Twitter talking about Jimmy G is just a winner, what are you talking about? Like, what on earth are you talking about? The 49ers <laughs> couldn't do – I mean, Debo Samuel didn't do anything. They didn't score a single offensive touchdown. Like this, can you imagine? They didn't score an offensive touchdown, and they win in Green Bay against Aaron Rodgers to go to the NFC title game. You know, this is this is this is the aspect of of football that people want to constantly overlook, and and it's the detail stuff that will come back and bite you. It's it's Dallas not knowing what they're doing. It's those holding penalties on defense on, on a running play. It's 13 seconds. It's 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 doing that quarterback draw play. It's all of that that Dallas game. It, it's the little stuff. It's the little stuff that you can't even measure. We talk about C.D. Lamb. We talk about Amari Cooper. We talk about all these high octane offensive players, and it's the dumbest garbage on earth that 
is why Dallas were watching that game on their couches in Dallas, like on the TV, because it's the little stuff. We've seen it with Dallas. We've watched it. I mean, I've watched, we've watched it for 25 years, but it's the little things in football that add up to big things. And we can act all we want as if special teams doesn't matter. But when it does matter and it matters on the biggest stage, it, it is embarrassing. And it's, it's, I mean, you know, like I said, Aaron Rodgers going to the podium and saying, hey, if, if, if we're going to rebuild this team, I'm not interested in that. I, I, I want to come back and do this again with this roster that I want to say in and our cap situation figured out. But I, I, don't, I don't get a wink of sleep if I'm the Packers until I, I can figure out a way to get Aaron Rodgers back. Because let me just tell you something. If Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay, it's a wrap, dude. It's a wrap. That that team is done. I mean, that team is absolutely done. And you can make fun of Aaron Rodgers and his inability to win in the playoffs. And sure, he, he didn't show up when, when it was needed. But it is remarkable that a special team's disaster game, just an absolute disaster, ends up being what what kills you. I mean, Bleeding Green Nation had this on, on Aaron Rodgers, um, which, you know, at this point, you talk about, it. I still don't buy it, you know, and I hate the quarterback's wins and losses stat. I just hate it. It's it's a stupid, lazy stat that people like to do. But here's what uh, here's what Bleeding Green Nation had to say. Rodgers is a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. He's in inner circle great. He's won three MVP awards, is the second all-time in passer rating, fifth in touchdowns, tenth in passing yards. He's won at least ten regular season games. Uh, in a season 10 times, has gone 13-3 and three each of the last three seasons and will almost certainly win the MVP after the season is over. And yet, he has not appeared in a Super Bowl since the 2010 season. Rodgers loses, um, Rodgers loses NFC playoff games with regularity, and he ultimately plays poorly in most of those losses. Uh, that was the case on Sunday as he went 20-29, 225, zero touchdowns, and a rating of 91.9. The offense scored just 10 points, allowing San Francisco to steal a win and escape to Los Angeles for the NFC title game. But it shouldn't have been a surprise, even if Green Bay was the number one seed in the postseason. This is what Rodgers does. Uh, you know, I, I again, like I said, I, I hate the this is what he does. It's all about the winning. It's all about the losing. I mean, these same people who say Aaron Rodgers can't win in the playoffs are the same people that say Jimmy G is just a winner. It's just it's a stupid thing, because if you have any intelligence at all or, or you've watched football, more than twice in your life, you'll realize that football is the most complex collective team sport on the planet. There has never been a more complex mm-hmm. team sport on the planet. This is not a quarterback's wins and losses stat. It's a dumb stat. It's a lazy stat. But the reality is, is when when any of your quarterbacks, any of your quarterbacks are struggling in any capacity. I mean, we've seen Tom Brady struggle. We've obviously seen Aaron Rodgers struggle. We've seen I mean, the, the greatest of the greats have had games where they, they show up and they struggle. But when that's the case, everything's got to be perfect. Your defense cannot wet themselves, and your special teams cannot be the reason you lose. And it's exactly what happened on Saturday. On the other side, the 49ers have just such a gutsy, gutsy team. I mean, a team that has been out-punching their weight class the entire season. And really, I think they've been playing playoff-caliber football since before the playoffs even started. I mean, you go back to Week 18 in Los Angeles – where they were down 17 to nothing. They come back, win, punch their ticket in the playoffs. And who would have known, Sean, who would have known that that Week 18 game in Los Angeles was going to be a preview to the NFC Championship game? I would not yep. have put 
a dime on that. And that's exactly what's going down. Uh, it's exactly what's going down. Just crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo was was bad. I mean, the offense was terrible on Saturday. But they have shown that they're, they're just so well coached. They're such a gutsy team. They've shown that they can do it. And by the way, they've shown that they can beat up on the Rams. I mean, just you don't have to go back very far, Week 18, and, and just go back through the history. I, I don't have the stat in front of me of the last five games. Dude, the, the, the 49ers have just straight out owned the Rams. They just have. I mean, Sean McVay has been owned by Kyle, Kyle Shanahan. There's just there, there isn't another way to put it. So, gosh, is Sunday going to be entertaining? I think it could be a blowout. I really think this could be the chance that the Rams show up and and, and show out. But I can't say that for certainty. I I, I can't. Yeah. I mean, this is not three weeks ago. I mean this this Forty Niners team has done has played so well, and all they've done they've done it on the road, Sean. It's in L.A. to punch their ticket. It's in Dallas to punch Dallas in the face. It's going up to Green Bay in frigid temperatures and just figuring out a way to win. Now you're just right back down to Los Angeles. Nice little 45-minute flight down south on the on the west coast to California. I mean, dude, is that going to be good? Yeah, it's going to be really good. Be awesome. um, oh, I was going to add. Oh, no, no. no I was, was going to give you a stupid little quarterback win-loss stat. Oh, God. Since I know you love those I so just, much. It makes me want to kill uh, Aaron myself. Rogers, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers now 0-4 in the playoffs against the 49ers. Uh, so <laughs> and he grew up that. a 49ers fan. And he grew up before, and he was. Uh, he said the 49ers are going to regret not drafting him. So that's funny. <laughs> I um, still think they right. should regret not drafting him. I really do. Uh, but yeah, yikes. Yeah, no, no yeah. <laughs> All right, Connor. Unfortunately, time's getting a little bit short here. We only have 13 seconds to finish this podcast. So let's talk about the Bills and the Chiefs. Do you think he can do it in 13 seconds? I, I got Travis Kelsey. I got Tyreek Hill. We're good. We're good. We're I putting think you're this, good. All right. We're putting this through the uprights. Just, just tell me about this game. I'm not even – everybody knows what happens. Chiefs won 42-36 in overtime. Uh, yeah, 13 seconds. Go. Dude, first playoff <laughs> game are opposing quarterbacks. Each threw for 300 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, and zero interceptions. It's the first playoff game where opposing teams completed 70% of their passes, at least 35 attempts each. And both quarterbacks led their teams in rushing. It's the second such playoff game since 1950. And just so you know, 1950 and 2002, not even the same sports. I mean, this was the best quarterback performance duo of all time. Honestly, it was. It just – and and you just felt like your, your heart broke for no matter who lost. Because this game just – this is the modern, you know, Montana Marino. Like this, this is the the Brady Manning, like the Mahomes and Josh Allen situation, it, dude. It, it's about as good as it gets. I mean, honestly, it, I I think it's as good as it as it gets. I think it the, it capped off the the best weekend in in in, in uh, playoff football that that I can ever remember. But just so much to 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 take away from this game. I mean, so much to take away from this game. I think, Sean, when I was watching this game, the first thing that I thought was, oh, my God, I'm a Redskins fan. Like, I'm I'm a Washington football team fan. Am I watching the same sport? Like, am I – Am I? <laughs> is this what I – did I even think in any – like, the fact that I would write articles and have discussions with fans and listen to talk radio and then talk on this podcast about, hey, 
Washington get in the playoffs, you know, man, Taylor Heineke's a gunslinger, man. Like, you never know. It sucks for me to watch other NFL teams with just elite passers and realize this is all a total waste of time until we get our quarterback situation figured out. You're gonna, I'm, I'm just going to preview you for the entire offseason with Washington, whatever they're going to be called next week. It, none of this matters. Like, nothing matters in football. I don't care what you say. This is not 2012. This is not the 1985 Bears. You can draft all the defenders you want if you do not have a quarterback, if you don't have a Josh Allen, if you don't have a, uh, a Tom Brady, an, and if you don't have a Pat Mahomes, if you don't have a Justin Herbert. Nothing matters. Like, nothing matters. Because when you watch that game on Sunday night, you go – Holy crap. These dudes are going to be doing this for the next 15 years. I mean, Josh Allen runs. He he runs like, like a better version of Cam Newton. And, I mean, he has just a rocket. I mean, he just has I, – I don't even – I mean, what do you even say about this game? I mean, th- I don't even know what angles – we're not going to obviously go through the details of it because everybody has, has seen it at this point or at least read up on it. But – Dude, there's just there is there is so much there's just so much that you you could say about this game. I mean, Josh Allen's two playoff games. We'll start with the Bills, right? Josh Allen's two playoff games. Seventy-seven percent accuracy, seventy-seven percent. Nine touchdowns, zero interceptions, one hundred and forty-nine point zero quarterback rating, and produced eighty-three points. He produced eighty-three points in two playoff games. Like, and by the way, his year is over. Like, his season's over. He's not playing anymore. Like, Allen's 97.9% passer rating was ninth best in the NFL, and he led all quarterbacks in rushing yards, 897, almost 1,000 rushing yards. He's what we hoped Randall Cunningham would become at the start of the Eagles' career. That's what the Bleeding Green Nation writes. They had a, a nice little write-up on this game, which was, which was hilarious. So for you Eagles fans, uh, that's what uh, you hoped Randall Cunningham would be. And uh, that's what Josh Allen just is. I mean, you know, I think when you break down where this game kind of ended, I know we're going to get into that overtime conversation, Shawnee, because I know I, I want to get your take on that too. Right. You, you break down on, on defensively with 13 seconds left. I mean, how on earth? Like, how on earth? Gabriel Davis with, with what, four touchdowns in the game, which is just absurd. You just feel like the, the game's over. That's it. There's no chance they do this. And they just do. It's Tyree Kill. It's Travis Kelsey. It's Andy Reid who just knows where to put the ball. It's it's Patrick Mahomes who just doesn't bat an eye. I mean, he is he's just unbelievable. I mean, if 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 I needed a quarterback to lead my team in the NFL, if I could steal a player, if I could kidnap a player and bring him over to Washington, it's it's Pat Mahomes. It's not Aaron Donald, it's not Tom Brady. It's Pat Mahomes. He's just he how can you not watch what he does week after week and, and not feel like, oh, my God, this guy is just ridiculous. But, of course, at the end of the game, you're, you're, you know, the Bills are blitzing four players, which is just like, what on earth are you doing? Like, how on earth could you blitz anybody? How could you blitz anybody? You know where this ball is going. Like, double cover everyone on the field and don't blitz anybody. But they do. And uh, it, it's ridiculous thing Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier, both really good defensive minds, uh, can't come up with, with, with anything better than that. I mean, Sean, I I feel like 
just over the course of this, like I could talk about 10 billion different things. I want to get your quick reaction before I, I touch on anything else. I mean, talk to me about this game in your eyes. So I was one of those guys that was on the road. Uh, like you mentioned, like how could somebody be on the road during this? I actually just pulled over into a McDonald's and got fast food and then just sat in the parking lot and watched the game on my NFL app. Um, it was obviously the best game of the year. I put it up there with with the Patriots comeback against the Falcons in the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, just incredible football. The The only thing I could think is at this point, if you're Josh Allen and you're the Bills, your goal now needs to be to get the number one seed. Y- yeah. You have to play because you know in the playoffs in the next three, four, five years, you're going to probably see Patrick Mahomes, whether it's the divisional round or the AFC championship, you have to have home field advantage yeah. to win. It, it's just, it, it's the nature of the beast when you're dealing with the Chiefs. Um, obviously, it, it's brought in back, and I know you wanted to touch on this, the overtime discussion with the NFL. Um, I knew, you knew, every NFL fan knew whoever won that coin toss was going to win the game because they were going to get the ball first. Yeah. The offenses were unstoppable. Yeah. Whoever and, – and so for me, I don't like the NFL overtime rule. It's benefited the Patriots twice, once against the Chiefs and once against the Falcons in overtime. I still don't like it. I think teams should have equal possessions with the ball. That, that, yeah. That's what I think. Is, and I, I don't even like the, the ties in the regular season. No. I think you should play for a The ties in the regular in season is the most embarrassing thing of all time. Like, it, it, yeah. ties make everyone feel worse. Ties are, I'm sorry, ties are worse than losses because it, it adds mm-hmm. this weird, ridiculous, like, math game you have to do when it comes to the playoff picture. We're like, oh, he's a half a game here. And, oh, this is a tie. So the tiebreaker goes to the, and you're like, what? It's just, it's ridiculous. It's, yeah. it's completely and utterly embarrassing. So what's what's your opinion on the overtime thing? Because yeah. I don't like it, but at the same time, it is what it is. Both teams know the rules going in. Yeah, you know, it's funny, though, Sean, and, and I, I have swung back and forth on this discussion in the last two years because this, this conversation has come up more than once. But, of course, it's at the height. I mean, it really is at the height of, oh, my God, change the rules when, when you, you, you know, are watching one of, the, one of the best games in NFL history playing out in front of you uh, in the playoffs. Football is a momentum game quite like anything else. You had to say, I mean, I, I this is my second hockey reference, right? But you're tilting the ice in hockey. Like me and Sean are both big hockey guys. You see this in hockey all the time. The it just There's a momentum change. It's like the puck won't get out of the offensive zone. And it's just, it's, it is shot on net, shot on net, shot on net. And the guys just can't clear it. And all of a sudden, dude's been in the ice yeah. for two minutes. And it's like, what is happening right now? There's just an energy. There's a momentum that you can't really quantify. And, and there's a thing in hockey, and Sean, you can you can you can double down um if you must. But where there comes a certain point to where a goal is inevitable. You feel like, oh my God, the ice is so tilted here. This is just this is offensive charge. The puck is in the offensive zone. The defenders are tired. They're getting good looks on net. Where eventually one of these are just gonna go in. Because it's just Right, and, and they can say all they want. Oh, play defense! Stop it! Well, it's it's a you know, like I said earlier, it's a three dimensional game. You play offense, you play defense, you play special teams. Make a stop if you want to win championships. Make a stop. It, it's so much easier to say that when when, when there comes with a momentum thing, like I say in hockey. What what are you gonna do? Your dudes are gassed. Offense has just got the momentum. They're taking shots. 
one of them is just going to carry him in. It's just going to happen. And it felt like really, and I've seen this before, like you said with the Patriots, whoever wins the coin toss is going to win the game. Like it's just it's mm-hmm. just how it's going to work. This league is designed for offenses. It's not designed for defenses. It's why I'm so over the obsession with Washington's defense. You can come up with all the BS you want. You got to punch back on offense because nothing matters. Draft Chase Young. Draft another first-round defender this year. It doesn't matter. If you don't have a good quarterback that can, that can answer back, this league is designed for offense. It's designed to protect the quarterback, to go downfield. The pass interference calls, the way that those have changed, the way roughing the passer has changed. All of these things are designed because offense is, and rightfully so, so, excuse me, don't know what the hell happened there, is the most important part of the sport. So, of course, if a team that just charged down the field got 44 yards and 13 seconds to get a game-tying field goal, of course if they win the, if they win the coin toss, they're going to win this game. Like, of course. It's just, it is how, how it is. And, and, and here, yeah. I was going to say, here's the other thing, because... I'll throughout the season I've brought up points where I'm like okay this penalty happened do you think that changed the momentum of the game or do you think you know that changed the outcome or whatever it may be and you always say no because there's normally 25 different things that have happened before that point that you're like no that's what changed the game and that's 100% on the team they deserve to lose yep in this case it's different yeah because both of these teams should have won that's, that's obviously not possible in football. Yeah, it really you, you does have to have feel one winner, one loser. Both of the teams were I, – I sound like a like a Karen on a soccer game on a Saturday. <laughs> both of the teams are winners. Like, they, they yeah, literally both won. you'd be a fantastic mom, they, wouldn't you? <laughs> I would. <laughs> if, they, if they played any other team in the NFL, they would have won. Yeah. But they were playing each other, and, and you got – like I said, you can't have a winner – two winners. You have to have a winner and a loser. Yep. There was nothing – that there was never a point where I sat there and I said, oh, well, you know what? Even though the Bills didn't get the coin toss in overtime, they should have won the game here. No. Right. They put themselves in overtime. So did the Chiefs. They they worked their asses off to get into overtime, both of those teams. And for for the coin toss to go to the Chiefs, Chiefs win it. If it went to the Bills, Bills would have won the game. Right. I I would bet all my money on that. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. If I, yep. it needs to change, right. the rules need to change. It does. It does. They do need to change. And you know, it's it, acknowledge where the sport is right now. Acknowledge the fact that the offense is all that matters anymore. Offense is all that matters anymore. It's 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 where yeah. the rules have switched. It's what makes games exciting. No one wants to see a defensive game. Like, no one does. We don't want to see a defensive battle. No one wants to see that. They're boring. Defensive battles look like 6-9, to nine, Bills versus Jaguars in Jacksonville. That's what defensive battles look like. <laughs> and I can assure you no one, no one, enjoy, including the players, enjoyed anything to do with that. So acknowledge where it is. This is an offensive league. The rules have switched. And, and please act accordingly. Like, this is an offensive league. Yeah. Act accordingly. Give both teams the opportunity. Just, yeah. Yep. Give t- both teams the opportunity. They've got to so take that, it. That was that game. Um, obviously, congratulations to the Chiefs. They they 100% deserve Unbelievable. it. Um, I, I think Bill's Chiefs will be a matchup we're seeing in the playoffs yep. for years to come. Yep. Um, barring any injuries to any of their stars. All right, Connor. That brings us on to our predictions for the conference championships. Oh Are you ready? Goodness gracious, dude. All right. 
where do we start? Do you want to go AFC or NFC first? Let's go with the first game, which is AFC. AFC. All right, we'll go with the AFC game. So that is 3 o'clock on Sunday on CBS with Jim Nance, Tony Romo, and whoever else. All right, so <laughs> we have the Cincinnati Bengals who have to travel to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. If you recall, they did a little switcheroo earlier in the year. It was the Chiefs traveling to the Bengals. Bengals won the game. It was <laughs> we were just talking about offensive matchups, offensive games. 100% an offensive game. I, I don't remember the final score. I think it was 34-31, maybe. Yeah. Um. I mean, it, it was the Chiefs would score, Bengals score, Chiefs Bengals. I mean, it was just back and forth, yep. and it came down to a game-winning field goal uh, for the Bengals. Connor, obviously a different story. Chance to go to the Super Bowl. It's an Arrowhead, tough place to play. Who do you have? I'm gonna take the Chiefs. Um. I I hate to do it because I I want the Bengals winning this game. I really do. I want the Bengals to win this game. Like I, I, I just, I'm kind of tired of the chiefs and it's not their fault per se. It's just kind of annoying to constantly see the chiefs everywhere. And they're so fun to watch. I mean, gosh, are they so fun to watch, but it's just kind of like tiring. And, and how good of a story are the Cincinnati Bengals this year? Look, the reality is, is for every reason that the chiefs won that game against the bills are the exact reasons I, I worry about the Bengals uh, in Arrowhead. And I know we can go back to Cincinnati where the Chiefs, you know, lose um, on the last second with a walk-off field goal. But it's just, you give up nine sacks against the Titans, who, albeit I, I think have a, have a better front seven than the Chiefs do. You're not, if, if that's to repeat itself, you're done. You're done. There's no doubt about it. You can do the shootout all you want, but if Joe Burrow's running for his life, how 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 good is that really? You put up 19 points against a good Titans team. It, it, it's a hard fought game, and, and each of these games are different. That's the thing that makes the road to the Super Bowl so unique: is you have to win differently in different ways. The way the 49ers beat the the Packers are not is is not at all the way that they beat Dallas. Uh, you know the, the the way that the Rams you know went ahead and and uh, beat beat up on on the the Buccaneers. You know, it's it's different each week. Each week you have to win differently. I, I'm a little bit less confident in the Bengals' ability to to win in a shootout against a team like I said that goes 44 yards in 13 seconds. I mean, they have the capability to do that. Now we've seen the bad Chiefs. We have seen the bad version of the Chiefs, but we also have more recently uh, had a bigger sample size of seeing a Chiefs team that I I, I think. Could, could very easily win the Super Bowl again this year. I'll take the Chiefs. I think offensively they're just they're clicking on a level that they have been in the last few years. It's impossible to stop. And I'm not quite sure if I, if I trust the Bengals' offense enough. I, I don't know if I trust them enough to keep Joe Burrow safe and then to, to get into a shooting match and, and, and keep up with them. I don't know. It's in Arrowhead. It's playoff time. It's just, I think it's just, it's different. It's different than the regular season. There's going to be a different energy. There's going to be a different volume. They're going to be dealing with things in Arrowhead that they didn't deal with when they first played them. So we'll see, Shawnee. Who do you have? I want the Bengals so bad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want know, Cincinnati dude. in the Super Bowl so bad. But I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. They're the better team. They're at home. They showed me last week that nobody can beat them. Yeah. I'm going to go with the with the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. unfortunately. I yeah. think it'll be a good game. I really do. Um, I, I think it'll be an offensive shootout. And I, I just – it's it's uh, kind of similar to what I said last week with the Bills was what's the first team that can get to the mid to upper 30s? Yeah. 
Who do you trust more to do that? The Chiefs or the Bengals? Yeah. Obviously the Chiefs. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. They'll win the shootout. Yeah, also, right, I want to apologize game. for the stroke I had. Oh, yeah, go the ahead. Rams played the Cardinals in the first round that we were watching, Sean. But like, like I said, my yes, point was I, I was I was trying to figure out who the hell they were playing on the fly. And it, just, it just didn't work. It wasn't working. My brain stopped. And then <laughs> you know I realized I was going into cardiac arrest. They destroyed the Cardinals. But the point being was well, yeah. the way that they destroyed the Cardinals in that game from start to finish was not the way that they beat the Buccaneers, right? Their offense was churning in the first half. In the second half, they were trying to figure out, okay, how defensively are we going to start answering to the Buccaneers getting themselves together, right? Now they're gaining momentum. Now it becomes a little bit of a chess match. And and obviously, Sean McVay, were not with, he was knocking some chess pieces all over the table. Like He was really struggling to kind of figure out how to work the clock properly at the end. But it's it's in the road to the Super Bowl that you find that teams are challenged in different ways. I mean, each week as you go through, they're challenged differently. They, they really are. I mean, the Bengals can't answer the same exact way. Obviously, we brought up the 49ers, um, the Chiefs the same exact way. So that's kind of my point. But I do want to uh, preface and apologize for the for the stroke I had. All good. All good. All right. Let's head out to Los Angeles, Connor. Let's do it. For the NFC Championship, 6.30 Eastern time on Fox. That'll be 3.30 Western time. Pacific time. Is it what? Pacific time. Yep. In Los Angeles <laughs> slash San Francisco. West Coast time. Um, all right, Connor. We've got the Niners and the Rams. I do apologize. I don't remember. Did the 49ers win both of the regular season games or did they split it? I believe they won both. Uh, stand by. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check that. Yeah, I, I, I will check that. Let me get your prediction on this game while I check that. Yep. Um, I'm gonna go with the Rams here, Sean. I've picked against the 49ers now two weeks in a row, and I, I don't feel great about doing that. I don't. Jimmy Garoppolo has not played quite well enough to make me think that if this game becomes a shootout, exactly the same reason I'm picking the Rams over the 49ers is the exact reason I chose the Chiefs over the Bengals. And and it's just simply because of the fact that I, I don't trust the 49ers' ability in a shootout, in a straight-out, okay, uh, Cooper Cup's going to go for a buck 82 and three touchdowns. What do you got, right? It's that Uno. Hey, what do you have? Uh, do they have a reverse card in them and say, hey, I got this too? I don't know. Does Debo Samuel have four touchdowns in this game like Gabriel Davis did for the Bills? Maybe. Honestly, I can't think of anybody, a skilled position player, quite more capable than Debo Samuel right now. But I just think that, that the the Rams, if it wasn't the Buccaneers, and I, I said that more with my heart than my head, that I like the Buccaneers more than the Rams. I think the Rams and Chiefs are, are, are I think that's going to be our Super Bowl, Sean. I just think it is. And honestly, it's going to be a treat. It's going to be a treat. It's going to be something none of us deserve. Uh, but I just think that when when push comes to shove, you're in a championship game, and Matt Stafford is now laying it all on the line, uh, and and you know Patrick Mahomes is laying it all on the line. I think it's going to be more than Joe Burrow can handle, and I definitely think it's going to be more than Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be able to answer to. I'm going to pick the Rams here, all right. which means we're going to have a Chiefs Rams Super Bowl. That's the pick, Sean. All right, so you're going Chiefs Rams Super Bowl Fifty Six. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, you know what, Connor? I I have confidence in my Niners. Wow, honestly, good. For I you. do. I'm gonna pick the 49ers. I picked them against Green Bay. I was right. You were wrong. I made sure I texted you right after that game Thank was over. Thank you so over, much for doing that. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say it's a rematch of Super Bowl 54. 49ers, Chiefs. 
Mm. Um, I, I just I like the 49ers defense. I I still I'm waiting for the the bad Matthew Stafford to come out. I know he'll appear. <laughs> he kind of appeared a little bit, little bit. <laughs> in uh, in the second, but in the second half of that Tampa game. But I'm waiting for a little bit more of the of the you know two three interception Matthew Stafford to show up. I think there's a chance he shows up in this game. I'm gonna go with the 49ers. I may be wrong. I don't care. Go Niners. <laughs> Look at this guy all in. No, honestly, Sean, I think you're probably right. The only thing I will say is that I think more of the bad Sean McVay showed up than the bad Yeah, Matthew Yeah, Stafford. no, I agree. I think that's probably um, a little bit more what showed up against the Buccaneers. Yeah, and I, I did uh, check the regular season. The 49ers won both times. Yeah. They won back on wow. November – I don't have it up anymore. It was mid-November, and they won 31-10, to 10, I think. That's right. That they whipped up on them. That's right. They absolutely they whipped yeah. up on them. And it was funny because it was – God, if you went back and listened to our, our review episode of that game, I, 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 I think I was quoted by – I think I said something like the, the it was, a you know, kind of a blip in the radar for the Rams, but the 49ers are going nowhere. I, I, honestly, I think that's what I said. <laughs> I think the 49ers are going nowhere, and this was just kind of a weird win for the 49ers. But it was a pivotal win. I mean, looking back on it now, you realize, my God, that was such a big win for them. And, I mean, it, you know, when it comes down to week 18, winning you're in, that was everything. That was everything. And now look at where they're at. I mean, it's impossible to say definitively, yeah, the 49ers are cooked with that defense. But, God, you just see the tools that the Rams have. I mean, do they? I mean, they have some of the best players at each of their positions. Just go through their roster on, on the receiver end of things. At the quarterback position, the offensive line has played really well. It's a linebacker, the defensive tackles, their, their secondary with Jalen Ramsey. I mean, they just have kind of everything. They just kind of have everything. So I think it's going to be a Chiefs-Rams Super Bowl. I could be totally wrong. And, and honestly, hey, if we come in next week and it's Bengals and it's 49ers – Cheers to that, man. Cheers to that. But I'll be thrilled. Listen, that, that's be my thrilled. dream matchup. That's what I want. I don't great? think it'll happen, but that's what I want. Wouldn't that just be something? That's it, man. Oh, I do. I time mm. out. Time out. Uh-oh. I have a mystery question for you. Oh God, here we go. I believe I I have to check my calendar. Okay. Yes. Okay. This is the last podcast before the Washington Football Team <laughs> gets a name. <laughs> I need your prediction. <laughs> 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 who are they going to be? Are they going to be the freaking pig hogs or whatever the hell they are? <laughs> what are they going to be? <laughs> the Was- That's on uh, what is it? Red Hogs. The Red Washington hogs. Red Hogs. You know what, Sean? Uh, and and I, I guess I'll hat tip all you Sherlock Holmes on Twitter. I mean, if I see one more person go, I have a source that's pretty familiar that is telling me the name is fill in the blank. <laughs> Literally, when you have 16 followers... And you say you have a source. I promise you, you don't have a source. I also promise you, you're so desperate for attention. Like, just just do, like... Wait a minute, I did that. Take on a hobby. <laughs> like, learn to play guitar or something. Like, like do woodcrafting. Do something that fulfills your life better then going on to Twitter, creating a Twitter account in January of 2022, and then telling everyone that you have sources, and then the buffoons who aren't even any better than these people, who retweet and go, look at this. Did you see this? This is pretty convincing. What? What? Somebody went to a Dick Sporting Goods, printed out a Red Hogs shirt from, from you know, Vista print, stuck it in front of the Washington football team stuff and said, look what Dick Sporting Goods has. What? 
Excuse me? <laughs> is that true? Uh, yeah, that's what people are doing. They're circulating these <laughs> images. Oh, right, look what this is going. What are you doing? Oh, I can't. So what do you what, what do you think it's going to be? I, I think it's going to be Commanders. I think it's going to be okay. Commanders. I would love it. Right. Look, if it was Admirals, sweet. If it's Red Hogs, let's do it. I'm in. I don't want it to be something stupid. I don't want it to be the monuments or like the senators or something dumb. <laughs> like God have mercy, please no. But you know, again, this is this is what I will say on the on the name change, and I'm glad you brought it up. Everything probably sounded stupid when it was first announced. Honestly, mm-hmm. we we don't have the social media attention that we did back then. But the 49ers, the 49ers sounds like a great name. And I know it's 1849, the gold rush. What? Can you imagine like saying, hey, the 49ers, like now we're, we're all 49s. Can you imagine if the 49ers name was announced in 2022? How much joning there yeah. would be? The Ravens, you're a crow, a crow. Like those are, those are like disgusting birds. <laughs> like of all the birds you could be, eagles, majestic, falcons, really cool. Seahawks are ospreys. They're awesome. Ravens are literal crows, like greasy, disgusting birds. But who thinks the Ravens is a dumb name? We all just, it's just the Ravens. Like, I know dolphins in Florida. What's intimidating about a dolphin? Like, Packers. Oh, you pack cheese. Great job. What? Steelers? Same thing. I think if all these names were announced in 2022, can you imagine the memes, the endless memes about all these teams? No matter what it's going to be, it's going to end up being totally okay. It really will. And I mean that in all honesty. I, I, I give this team a lot of crap. And I, I grew up with the Redskins. And I'm not afraid of saying the word because I don't care. I don't, I don't care if people are upset by it. Like, piss off. It was their name from 1932 to 2020. That's what it is. I mean, in my heart of hearts, that's just that's what I, I grew up knowing them as. I mean, the 1991 Super Bowl team was one of the best football teams ever constructed. Joe Gibbs. One of the greatest coaches of all time winning a Super Bowl with three different quarterbacks. The first and only coach to have done that. Um, I mean, the Redskins are iconic. So, obviously, letting go of that name and going into a new chapter is different. Especially for a storied franchise. Like, this is not a team that has sucked their entire lives. This is not the Lions or the Browns or the Vikings who who don't have Super Bowls. This is, you know, this is at one point the Redskins were just the cream of the crop in this area, in, in, in D.C. I mean, all we ever hear in this area, this, the heyday stories of when Washington were doing parades down Constitution Avenue every three years. I mean, it was something that everyone grew up loving the Redskins. There was no other team in this area. It was that. It was that and only that. So yeah. that aspect will always so be missed and loved. But I think whatever it's going to be, I'm going to go commanders. But you know what, Shawnee? Whatever it's going to be, I can assure you this. I'm going to spend hundreds of dollars on nonsense. I'm going to (laughs) get all the latest (laughs) Nike crap branded stuff from them. Because as much crap as I give them, as much joning as I do, I will never love any franchise quite as much. And they could be the the Washington F.U. Connor. Honestly, I'm still buying their stuff. It's just a part of who I am, and I love them, and I've always loved them. They're such a they've played such a big part of my life for better and worse. Uh, but I think it's going to be Commanders. My second place will be okay. Admirals, and then third place I'll say Red Hogs. I'm going to go with those three. Okay. 
If it's something else, I'm gonna say, if it's something dumb, yep. screw it. <laughs> if it's the Guardians. I'm going to say it's uh, – I'm going to go with Admirals. I like that. I, I think it's Admirals. I could also – uh, Commanders will be no, my number two. And then number three, I'm going to say Red Hogs it, If well. it became like an Admiral, um, like like a like a hat tip to the Navy, and it became like a naval theme, like I would be so in on yeah. that. I'd be now, are, so are, in on uh, that. So Sorry, but do we know that they're keeping the colors? Yes. Or they're not changing nope. that, are they? Colors they are, are keeping... staying the same. Okay. Yep. Burgundy and burgundy and gold, maroon. baby. Or burgundy and gold. Burgundy and gold. Or, or as All Jim right. Zorn would say in his opening press conference when he took the job in 2009, the maroon and black. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you imagine taking a head coaching job and not knowing the team's colors? <laughs> that is a true story, by the way. He's literally in his opening press conference referred to their team colors as maroon and black. Literally, you are oh, 0 for 2 no. on team colors. Oh, so it's not maroon. Okay, burgundy. So it's not maroon. All right, uh, burgundy. I will have to keep that in mind, dude. That's it. That is it. We will see <laughs> next Wednesday what they are. are they the commanders, admirals, the fu Connors. We will see. Honestly, I'm in, man. I'm in. Just take my routing number. Okay, I, I, I'm just tearing up thinking about that Jim Zorn thing. Where I, I just, I mean, I was really young at the time, <laughs> and I still remember that press conference. Did he that. just say maroon and black? Oh. Yeah, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Oh, Shawnee, just put me in the dirt at this point, dude. I got a son on the way in a couple weeks, and this guy is going to be indoctrinated like I am. And uh, the problem is, is he he doesn't even know what's coming to him. Like I, you know, I just I know he's not even here yet, and I'm just kind of looking, going, he has no idea what pain he's into, and it's all my fault. <laughs> it's all my fault. But Shawnee, this was great. Another great episode in the books. Championship weekend is here, folks. So so do load up on the pretzel bites, or load up on the wings. Go get yourself. Something nice for game day. And make it good. Because Super Bowl Sunday can be overwhelming. And I know for football fans out there, there's part of it that feels like great. Now everybody's in on on the Super Bowl and they're all fake football fans for a day and it kind of ruins it. Enjoy this weekend. Enjoy it. This is your weekend. If you're listening to this and you're a football fan, it's your weekend. You make it happen. You tell the people that are asking you to go on hikes. You tell the people who are asking you to go to wineries. You tell the people who are asking you to go on country drives to pound it so far up there. You Well, just you fill it. You fill in the blank. Tell them to pound it up there so far up that it's coming out of their mouths and you enjoy football. I want that to happen for you. But for Connor Forrest, for Shawnee Olette. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, continue to subscribe. Continue to leave that five-star review. Again, Sean, I thought it was going to be a shorter episode. It's an hour and a half. Again, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry, but I love you all. Hope you enjoy. Johnny, thanks for joining us, my friend. Thank you, Connor. We'll see you next week, my guy. And as always, for everybody out there, we will catch you guys on the other side.